uh, I, it's wonderful, and I invite you to come if you haven't already tried it. Uh, it's uh, more smiles per mile, right? The other thing I'd like for you to uh, take a look at is uh, notes of encouragement, if you would please. Uh, take a little moment and, and lift up uh, Pastor Chris and his wife Alice. Uh, just up to the Lord for provision, for wisdom, for uh, the Holy Spirit's leading in their new ministry in the new church that they've started down in, in uh, Oceanside. And his address is actually there. Uh, if you would care to write a note. So by all means, send them a note as well. Now, not on this uh, bulletin here is something that uh, I want to bring your attention to, and I have not done a good job as your pastor doing this. Well, that's one thing that I know that I haven't done a good job, and that is that in our world, um, our Christian brothers and sisters are being persecuted. Did you know that? I mean, it's in the news, and it's so rampant and so daily that we could maybe be so exposed to it we don't think about it, and I would ask that we would not do that, and I'm going to make that promise too, that I would notice, that I would intentionally pray for our brothers and sisters believers in Christ, those that have been baptized in him, the same baptism that Jesus took, the same one that you and I took for the forgiveness of sins, our brothers and sisters in and around this world are being wholesalely slaughtered for their faith. Not just called bad names, not just shunned, just not just not invited to parties and barbecues like maybe happens here. They're being slaughtered. It grieves my heart. It should have been grieving my heart, and I should have made mention, and I should have been praying for it at every one of these services, and we will do that. And I ask that you would join me. There are resources in our wonderful world of the interweb, and one of them is called opendoorsusa.org. OpenDoorsUSA.org, and it has a list of the hot spots in the world right now, of the countries and where it's going on. One of the, the hottest spot right now, the toughest place to be a Christian right now is in North Korea. And there's a whole list, and those people need our prayers. So please join with me. Um, today and every day after, lifting up to the Lord, safety, deliverance, those brothers and sisters who are ours in this world that are facing persecution. Let us stand and let us sing our opening hymn on page 520, Give to God Our Immortal Praise.
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Merciful Lord, cleanse and defend your church by the sacrifice of Christ, united with him in holy baptism. Give us grace to receive with thanksgiving the fruits of his redeeming work and daily follow in his way. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 16 through 29, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1212. Jeremiah 23, 16 through 29. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says, you will have peace. And to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say, no harm will come to you. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or to hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? See, the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath. A whirlwind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully, fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In days to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets, yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would proclaim my words to my people and would have turned from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places? so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I have heard what the prophets say, who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long will this continue? 
in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds. They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget their name, just as their ancestors forgot my name through Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord? Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord? And like a hammer, it breaks a rock in pieces. Now we will read Psalm 119, verses 81 through 88, responsibly printed in your bulletin. My soul faints with the longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. <clears throat> Though I am like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your decrees. The arrogant dig pits to trap me, contrary to your, to your law. They have almost wiped me from the earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. The epistle is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 17 through 40, and, and continuing to chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 which can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1875. Hebrews 11, 17 through 40, and then 12, 1 to 3. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions 
concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to mis be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. What more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the desert and the mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, 
so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, our, our gospel is uh, the gospel according to St. Luke from the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And I need to walk over this way. <laughs> I think it's here. There it is. So Luke records this morning Jesus speaking to his disciples in a crowd. And he starts with Jesus saying, I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you. But division. From now on there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father, against son and son, against father and mother, against daughter and daughter, against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, it's going to be a hot one. And it is. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Paul writes in Romans 8, verse 1, these beautiful words, comforting words. Therefore, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news. What what does that mean to you? 
You've just heard. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does that mean to you? What list? If you have one, would you compile what comes to your mind that you've been acquitted of since you have been judged and not condemned? What comes to your mind when you hear no condemnation for you? What freedom do you enjoy in Christ? One more question, actually two. What is Christian freedom? We've spoken about this in the last few weeks. What is Christian freedom to you? What does it mean? We give you freedom to do what you want? Possibly. We could use that loosely. Paul says, all things are legal for me, but not all things are edifying. Not all things are good for me or for those around. Christian freedom from your pastor's perspective here, and it's not one that I made up, but it's one that I agree with. Christian freedom is freedom from God's wrath. Freedom from God's wrath. His fire, his brimstone, his righteous justice on all who have sinned. And we are free from that. In our gospel this morning, Christ is addressing a large crowd as well as his disciples. There are Pharisees and there are Sadducees. There are experts in the law. There are those who were learned and studied and knew the Old Testament. So when he brings up first sentence, first word, fire, to be kindled. He brings up baptism, water in a baptism that he must endure. There is an Old Testament visual that those hearers would have understood, that in their mind they would have pictured God's wrath, God's justice delivered through fire, and water. What do you mean? Well, in Genesis 19:24, it says that the Lord rained down fire and brimstone from the sky upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Fire and water. In Psalm 60, we know that the wicked, or rather we read, that the wicked will drink judgment from God's cup. Full strength. If we take a look at Psalm 60, it says, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured out in full strength in the cup of his anger. Whose anger? God's anger. And he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, all this 
Jesus is speaking to those who know the words of the prophets. All those know and have read, have memorized that, the experts of the law, the teachers of Israel. And further, he brings up yet another Old Testament prophet, and that is Micah, chapter 7, verse 6, which is found on page 1449 of your pew Bible. And if you were to read it, it would look very similar to the gospel of where Jesus says that sons dishonor father, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law, and so on and so on. And the statement there is that a man's enemies are the members of his own household. A man's enemies are from within his own household. He is talking not just specifically about your household, my household, or that little household or whoever was there. He's talking about the church. He's talking about those that have been left in charge to shepherd And so what does he mean? Why did he bring this up? What is the hearer to have understood back then? What are you to understand right now? Well, first of all, it's the seriousness of the situation. First of all, we need to realize and agree upon, which I'm sure we do, this is God speaking to these people. This is Jesus, fully man, fully God, telling them, about what has to come, telling them the truth. I didn't come here for a big holy huddle, hug. I came here to go through fire and a baptism that had to be done, and it is going to be bitter, and I'm not really looking forward to it. Well, he didn't say that. But he says that he is actually waiting for it, contending for it. He knows it's going to be painful. He knows it's going to be awful. And we also know in that prayer in Gethsemane where he says, Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass by. He knew what he had to drink, and he's telling him right now, he's prophesying right now that this is the stuff that has to be done for you. And you don't understand. Not you in this group, but you, the hearer of the time, the crowd, the disciples. You don't understand. And yet, you should be like Solomon. And we heard this last week where Solomon prayed for a hearing heart, a leishomea. Father God, give me a leishomea a heart with ears attached, eyes to see, that I understand the scripture that you're putting in front of me. Make it so plain for me to understand, as plain as the weather. Oh, wait. Jesus invokes that, where he says to you and to me, the weather. You can see clouds. And you can say, oh, it's going to rain. And you're right. 
He says to the crowd that has studied the prophets, you can feel the south wind blow and say, it's going to be a hot one. And you're right. But you hypocrites, you understand through my ministry here, not hidden, teaching in the temple, performing miracles, fulfilling prophets, prophecy, and yet you hypocrites who can tell if it's going to be hot, can tell if it's going to rain, cannot see that the Messiah is in your presence right now. They didn't have hearts that were in tune with Jesus. I suspect they had to harden their hearts because the evidence was right in front of them. And rightly so, he calls them hypocrites. He says, you know better. You've been told. And yet you seek another. And that is human nature. That is the nature of this flesh. That is to seek one's own understanding. To not accept the gospel truth, but to seek yet another explanation. To create God, if you will, in our own image. It happens. It has happened. There are several theologies out there that are wrong. We tend to dilute God's law. We leave parts out, perhaps, Parts out in order to fit an agenda that maybe we will somehow benefit from. It may be an agenda, agenda to get along. And here's another topic I want to bring up. Pastors across this country in an agenda to get along and have a holy huddle have engaged in what we call interfaith dialogue and prayer. Interfaith dialogue and prayer. How do you do that? What is it? Well, I can tell you what it is. It's Christian pastors come together with other leaders of other faiths. Praying. They call it building a bridge. But it's not building a bridge. In fact, those pastors that are engaging folks that are in Faiths that do not identify Jesus Christ as fully man and fully God are doing a disservice. They are hypocrites. These pastors that engage in this kind of behavior, in interfaith prayer, that say, maybe out loud, and some have, that we all worship the same God, that is wrong. There is a faith that is in the forefront of our news, that is in the forefront of this interfaith dialogue. And that faith is not a faith. It's an ideology, a political ideology. It's called Islam. And it's evil. And it's wrong. And it does not revere the same God as the God of the Holy Bible. Why and how can you say that, Pastor Ken? Well, I read their own book. And you can too. 
in the Holy Quran, they deny, Muhammad denies the crucifixion of Christ. Denies it. Didn't happen. And that's not a small thing. That is everything. Christ in him crucified. That's it. And so we can't compromise on that as a church and as a people. I'm not saying, oh, we go and hate. I'm saying those pastors cannot go and have a holy huddle with these people and have the media and the word get out that, hey, we're all going to the same destination because Jesus Christ says we are not. And Jesus Christ said, I am the only way. And if Jesus Christ were not crucified, if he did not die, if he did not raise again on the third day in accordance to Scripture, we are to be pitied among all fools. We can't compromise on that. I will not compromise on that as your pastor. And these pastors that are getting and doing this holy huddle are like those that Jesus was talking about. He says, you can tell what the weather's going to do and you can tell if it's going to be hot or wet, but you're leaving something out, you hypocrite. And you're actually doing damage to these people by not telling them the truth. Jesus said, I didn't come here to bring peace. I came here to shake things up, to cause division. Because there aren't all roads leading to heaven. And he said it. And he's saying, I have to drink from this awful cup. Have you ever drank from a cup that you thought was fresh, beautiful, cool milk, and it wasn't? Do you remember how awful that tastes? That, that, that just is so not comparable to what that cup that he took and he drank for you and for me. But he did it. In fact, he took the cup for you and for me. He drank out of it. He took the wrath. He took the pain. He took the sin. He took the death. He took the sulfur. He took the brimstone. He took the guilt. He took the filth and the shame of a death on the cross for you and for me, for all who should believe. He did that. And the freedom that we enjoy because of what he did on that cross, the freedom we have is freedom from God's wrath that we deserved, that he took on that cross. He took it all. All that ever was, all that ever will be, he paid it all. And he said it was finished. We receive this freedom in baptism. In a baptism like his, of course, without the nails and the beating and the scourging, 
But our old Adam dies. Our old person dies in that water. And when we come up, we are resurrected in a resurrection like his. We are made new by him, by what he did on that cross. And we will be made new upon leaving this wretched body of death. That's good news. And so until then, in our scripture from Paul, he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, causes us to trip. And let us run with perseverance. That means sticking to it. Right? Persevering. Past those obstacles. Past those pains. Past those doubts. Past those sorrows. Past those things that come to us in life. Persevering. The race that has been marked out to us. There's a race that's been marked out for you. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Who? Jesus. Who, for the joy set before him, endured that cross, scorning its shame, and he sits at the right hand of the throne of God, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. So let us come together. Let us come alongside one another to encourage each other on persevering on that race that's been set, on encouraging us to keep going, on encouraging us and giving us cheers. a boy, a girl, good job. You need to hear that. I need to hear that. The world needs to hear that. Those who believe need to hear that. They need to hear it in ways like, here's a letter for you, Pastor Chris. Good job. I know there's obstacles down there. I know when not very many people show up, you probably feel a little like you let him down. I'm here to tell you that God's going to do wonderful things through you. That's his promise. That's a cloud of witness. You guys are part of that cloud of witness. Let us with joy, let us with joy proclaim Christ and him crucified. Let us defend the faith, the one and true faith, not compromise. I'm not talking about a holy war or persecution of other people. I'm just saying, no, <laughs> that's not true. Let us live in peace knowing the perfecter of our faith. The perfecter of our faith is cheering us on along with a great cloud of witnesses. May that comfort you and bring you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Let us now together confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Brothers and sisters, let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people who are in need everywhere. Gracious Lord, our Heavenly Father, Savior, and Holy Counselor, thank you for calling us to come here today. We worship and praise you, Father, as we hear your word sing hymns and spiritual songs, pray and receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ, and as we commune together in Jesus' name. O oh Lord, our hope is in you, the anchor of our soul. Help us to recognize the truth and not be deceived by false teachers, as in our reading from Jeremiah today where people neither listened nor did they recognize your words coming from Jeremiah's heart through his mouth. O Lord, we praise you who is near us on earth and also far away in heaven. And thank you for your word and the Holy Spirit and for filling heaven and earth with your presence. May our hearts burn within us as we hear your voice as you continue to open the scriptures to our understanding. For the weak and the lost, may your word be like a hammer breaking hard hearts so you can make them soft like jello so restoration can become a reality in their lives. O oh Lord, help us throw off everything that hinders our walk with you and the sin that so easily entangles us. Help us persevere and keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, in your mercy. God of peace, give peace to our troubled world where anger, dispute, jealousy and strife divide, give unity and goodwill. Bless our President, Congress, and all in authority in the land and in all nations, that they may walk in your ways and serve you for the protection of the weak, the relief of the oppressed, 
and the defense of your precious gift of life. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, guide all the places where your people gather to teach and learn. Bless all the schools of your church and colleges, universities, and seminaries, that your word may be the center of all learning and that many may be encouraged to consider church work vocations. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, bless the mission work of your church and missionaries across the world. Make each of us mindful of our own call to give evidence to the hope within us so that family, friends, and even the stranger in our midst may hear the gospel from our lips and heart. God, in your mercy. According to your will, O oh Lord, heal the sick in heart mind, soul, and physical, physically. Relieve the suffering, comfort the grieving, and give peace to the dying, especially those on our prayer list and those whose names we lift up now, either in the silence of our heart or out loud. Sustain them in hope and give them patience and endurance until their healing comes, whether in the restoration of health, health here or the gift of everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy. Again, we ask you to guide us, O oh Lord, against, against lies and apostasy, lest we receive in vain your word of truth and walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Help us to stand firm against every wind of doctrine and every whim of desire so that we may be moved from, from Christ until we proclaim, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, remembering all your goodness and praying the promises of your word, we commend all for whom we pray, including ourselves, to your merciful care through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God and one Lord, now and forevermore. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
Will you please stand? Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, marker of all things, through your Son. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven. We praise your name and join their unending great cost, what great cost was paid for you and for me to be called children of the living God. It came from him being crucified. It was a bitter cup, but he took it for you and for me.
What a beautiful exchange, as Luther said. Our sin in exchange for his righteousness. This table has been prepared for all who confess Jesus with their lips as Lord and Savior. And that's you. I heard you. Come, my friends. Come, my brothers and sisters. The table is prepared and Jesus is waiting. You may be seated. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We go out singing our closing hymn. Is that, Oh, How I Love Jesus? Are we just, yeah, there it is. Let us sing. <laughs>